0: The Rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. Adam Kasebi, the official realtor of the process processrealtor.com, LL Alpavorsky Jewelers, who writes to Ricky Sanchez listeners, go and get engaged, and Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the Lakers have not lost hope that they'll be able to score an incredible coach, one Doc Rivers. We discuss the ability of the Sixers to make a move without trading Tyrese Maxey. The rest of the NBA playoffs go on, even without us, and we dip back into the mailbag I mentioned kinetic skateboarding. This is really, I would say, the the golden time of year for kinetic skateboarding as it's not too hot. It's, you know, we still have chilly nights. There the clothing that they sell, there's just clothing for every time of the day. The hoodies for the evening, the t-shirts for during the day, the shorts for skateboarding and Mike, I would think that we're due for another pair of the mesh shorts too from Kinetic, mm. right? A third I wear color all the time. Yeah, we did the blue, we did the black. Anyway, go to kineticskateboarding.com and use promo code Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Also sneakers you can't get anywhere else. And uh, a member of the Ricky community could use your help. Uh, we did a, or I did a separate video on this and uh, we tweeted it out. Mike DeTore is a Ricky listener whose, uh, whose friend emailed me last summer and he actually was diagnosed with brain cancer last summer. And spoke to him for a while. He was going through treatment at the time and uh, seemed pretty optimistic. And then recently they discovered another tumor, which is inoperable. Uh, Mike has a wife and two kids and is a genuinely great dude and his family could use help right now. Um, so if you are so inclined, we will put the link to the GoFundMe in this, uh, podcast description. Thanks to a lot of Ricky listeners. They've raised over 30 grand and I think their original goal was 7,500 bucks, but, um, we love you, Mike. And, uh, we are thinking about your family. And if you are, again, if you can spare five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever you can, the, uh, the link is, and we'll put it in the chat. Uh, CJ will put it in the chat here if you're watching live, uh, without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Right Streaky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who will not sign at a discount. He wants the full five year max. That is one, Mike Levin.
1: Was Tyler Johnson on the Sixers this year?
0: Tyler Johnson and, um, what's his name? Uh, wow. Uh, the 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 center from the Kings was on the Sixers. Well, Willie cauley Stein. Yeah. Willie Colley Stein was on the Sixers too. Tyler Johnson. Tyler
1: Johnson one. feels like several years ago. Man. <laughs> yeah. Could have used him in the playoffs. Yeah, could have used what, him in the playoffs. Could use anybody. Imagine what, having uh, any sort of length or ball handling or anything other than a center that can't play on the bench.
0: Did what made you think of Tyler Johnson?
1: Uh, I was looking at the cap sheet, uh, and there's, they still have like weird guys yeah. on there that like aren't actually on the team anymore. But I, don't, I did forget. It's been a year. Every year is a year. Yep. Every year with the Sixers is a year, and then it's also several years. And this is the first time I've thought about the Sixers it, at at length for a week since the last time we did a podcast. So yeah. it's been a nice little break. Yeah. And uh, as the intro song was playing, and I'm looking at the video and stuff, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> my first thought I was like, you introducing me like something like how you feeling? And I was just like, the word just like bad came to mind. I'm just like right <laughs> away, I'm back, and we're upset, um, and this is the team that we have hitched our wagon to. Whatever dumbass so, reasons we have
0: as we begin cj could you bring up the video from that tweet that's first in the rundown there was uh, i give credit to uh twitter user walk with lyle lyle i had a block about a year and a half ago and he he sent me an email asking why and i just said lyle you just you reply to too many of my tweets and i just it everything you want to discuss, and I just don't want to discuss it. I was like, this is about me and not about you. He seems harmless. He was very pro-Ben. Anyway, he he was the first one that I saw post this. This came from the HBO Max show, which I have not seen. Have you seen the show, Mike? Hacks? Uh, I watched the
1: first season, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, I didn't realize it was more than one season. So this is a clip from the show Hacks. Anyway, point
1: is... I do always remember this thing he told me about this one team. Their motto was, trust the process. And I remember thinking like, that's a good philosophy. You know, like every game, win or lose, it's just part of it. You're on the path to something bigger so the individual setbacks don't get you down. So maybe just trust the process.
0: Would you just order a glass of wine or something? I'm trying to be good. Well, get back to being good tomorrow morning. Don't make me drink
1: alone. I mean, what else are you good for? Oh, Marquis! What can I get you? I'll have what she's having. Sure. Also, sorry to eavesdrop, but that team you were thinking of is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, right. So Did it work? Did they win a championship?
0: Oh, no, they blow it every year. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> so we did get a few emails, Mike, asking if you had written that scene. Uh, I, th- I think your Sixers references are probably a little more, uh, less obvious than, than that one was. Um,
1: uh, yeah, seven trillion people sent me that. Yeah. Yep. um i was alerted to the that joke existing oh really before it airing um and was rooting for the sixers to win doubly so so that joke wouldn't work um and the sixers uh sixers decided to lose so that the joke would play that's generous of them um
0: well, they're, they're, uh, yeah. you, you know, I, I mentioned to Mike before we, we get going on the Doc River stuff. I just, I can't believe we're going to talk about all this stuff again. But before we get going, I mentioned to Mike O'Connor and the net, the Ricky's Mike O'Connor after he had written his latest, his latest column for the website, which is three big questions for the Sixers. It was very good. I mentioned to him, you know, what's sad is like, it feels like we're in a time where every criticism of the Sixers feels like it's like kind of true, you know, it's like, and Bede, never stay healthy. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. Harden's fat and slow. He doesn't care about the team anywhere. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe so. And T-Stable can't shoot that guy. They can't even, he's just like playing four on five and you're like, oh, like it's like every single one of them about the current Sixers feels like it's legitimate. Like it's really painful to hear it because there's nothing. When I see people arguing the, the opposite of those criticisms, I feel like they're crazy. Like it's a bad time. I feel bad about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been a tough few years of getting, you know, you get the one of the best players in the league and he improves to a certain level and just have not found a way to succeed at the highest level. Um, yeah, I mean, Embiid was healthy for most of the I, 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 I can't blame him for get- taking an, an elbow to the face. Uh, you can blame Doc for not playing him. I didn't at the time, but in retrospect, obviously, he shouldn't have been in the game. Um, but an elbow to the face is an elbow to the face. Um, and he would have been fine playing to the thumb thing. But uh, but yeah, Harden wasn't as good as I have to. Matisse hasn't improved uh Tobias is overpaid
0: like it's like the Jason Kelsey we we
1: we got some good Tobias in the playoffs we we can appreciate (laughs) it even though it didn't the last couple games were rough but uh we can appreciate the things he did uh yeah I mean it's got it's just got to be a big off season there's it's just got to be a big off season of like making decisions that work like decisions that pay off like last year you know bringing in Niang fine paying Korkmaz five million a year okay maybe a little bit light but like as a totality the bench just was never there and never good enough never versatile enough never explosive enough um last I and mean, then they draft Jaden Springer who i I think is a really good prospect but like I wonder if it's gonna be here because of how reluctant doc is to play people um to play young guys and uh you know Bassie's Bassey's good nice player I think he'll play at the nba level to, for a long time but i don't know if it'll be here either so it's like what what really is what really worked last off season? obviously the ben thing was hanging over everything we talked about that last time but it needs to be like a really like they need to hit like a bunch of doubles this offseason at least and uh it's i mean it's when when you have a a guy in his prime like joel just gotta every decision is so big and if they fuck it up, then they will keep fucking it up.
0: <laughs> it's a truth. That's, so, that's so the truth. So this is the... We'll, we'll go with Doc, and then we'll do the maxi, the trade stuff, and the roster building. But first is Doc, because I think that's the first that will be addressed in any way. So Lakers, through Woj and Shams, announced their finalists for the job, including... Kenny Atkinson, who will never in a million years get the job. Terry Stotts, who on some level feels like the next Lakers coach if it's not Doc Rivers or Darvin Ham.
1: I, I think it's a totally fine list for the, the three of those guys.
0: Yeah, well, I just don't think it will be any of them. At, look, Atkinson, there's no way you can put Kenny Atkinson in charge of, I don't think, given what he, what he is famous for doing, putting him in charge of LeBron and AD like he seems like an intense talent development, you know. What do you, what do you coach. mean by what
1: he's famous for doing?
0: Well, his his way. You know, like the the star players in the net at, in in Brooklyn did not want any part of him. Like he just seems like he doesn't seem like the uh ego massager type guy mm-hmm. that you would yeah, you would not. want in Los Angeles. F- it, it famously coach.
1: wanted to wanted to play Jared Allen when everyone else was telling him to play deandre jordan yeah and then they traded jared allen for almost nothing
0: and that was a mistake they so then while that's happening is the sixers obviously not only say that doc rivers is going to be back but leak to multiple sources that not only is he going to be back but they're fucking thrilled that he's going to be back and doc wants to be back (laughs) And it all seems I love, I love like...
1: A, I love that leak. It's a good leak. Y-
0: yes. It all seems like... And I th- I think I had mentioned this after Maury just said he was going to be back. It all seems like this is a staring contest. Because Maury basically has nothing to trade at this point. You know, especially, like, let's let's say, for instance, the Nets decide to take this pick. Which they probably won't. That the Sixers, outside of Maxi and Thibel like are can't trade any first round picks because they could trade swaps but they can't trade first round picks. So this is an opportunity for Maury to get something, something at least, an asset, a token out of the Lakers. And I just wonder how far he is willing to to stare. Like how long I mean, he's it's willing not like to play The Lakers are,
1: are rife with assets to trade either. Right. Yeah. So if it's a second round, I mean, I don't if he gets a second round pick out of trading Doc, God bless him. Go go ahead and get it, Daryl. Um,
0: I just wonder if he'll overplay his hand here.
1: What is what is what what's the
0: worst case scenario? They they keep Doc Rivers, which and by the way, I I have been, uh, I have repeated my stance over years and years and years. I don't think coach matters that much. I think Doc Rivers is annoying. But I would say that the Sixers have a very, 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 not that all teams don't, but the Sixers have a very, 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 very thin line they have to walk to a championship at this point, right? Like, every little tiny thing matters, and I think this could be a little tiny thing that puts them off that course if they were to have doc rivers i don't think ultimately it matters that much i don't think he's a difference between championship and not but i think he could be one of those little things that just isn't good enough um yeah but for that sure would be i mean the- i
1: think i think it all i think it all matters i i've always i i'm lower on the the um the relevance of coaching to lift a team that's that much yeah. But I think once you get to the top, and the Sixers have been over the last, at some point over the last five years, one of the top eight teams in the league several times, and they've never broken into the top four in the conference finals. And I think mm-hmm. you can, coaching is partly to blame for that. Health is partly to blame. Depth is partly to blame. Backup center, probably like all these kinds of things. Um, and the other, you know, we've talked to, we've talked to about Maury and his answer to us about the backup center issue and how wrong he was incredibly Um, and we and we've we've really drilled down on it but you know there's a school of thought that um that I have maybe believed in before where it's like look either Embiid's healthy or he's not and it just doesn't if he's not healthy then we're not fucking winning anything which in some level is true but if Embiid's not healthy if he's Embiid's like 80 percent Embiid is um you know has to miss a game if they can survive that stuff, if he can't play, all right, he can't play 40 minutes, but he can play 34. You need a little bit more guys that you can trust. Like that stuff matters. There's more of a gray area than I think that Daryl was willing to concede. And how much of a role the Sixers' backup center has played for four or five years now is it, it just can't be, you know, they overcorrected with Horford, but it just can't be, you know, overstated. Um, although be Paul, again, was totally fine this year for the most part. And the only issue was really doc doc's unwillingness to play him.
0: Right. Well, and, and, and by the way, I would say that there is probably, you know, we had mentioned the, the coach and the, the GM being on the same page. I just, I can't imagine that Maury thought playing like the Deandre Jordan thing was a doc rivers thing. It's just, it's just, but but Daryl signed his ass. Right. But, but that's, I would love to know about the, the, I I know you're rarely interested in these things, but the politics of those decisions within. No, no, that's,
1: that's an interesting choice for me because how much, how often, I mean, we talk about it on Twitter a lot or whatever, but how often do you go? Like, I'm not going to sign this guy as a GM across the league. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to sign this player because my coach is going to play him. And I can't do that. I can't let that happen. And I don't know if Daryl was concerned about that, but Doc, you know, it didn't hurt them. And, you know, they made the they made the fucking. I don't know if if he would have played Paul Millsap over the course of the season and not played people, Paul. But the DeAndre Jordan signing didn't hurt them in the um, Heat series, aside from the fact that they had no other depth
0: to go to. Could have been a different Um, player.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first he missed the first couple of games, I guess, and then it would have a better player then, but it would have been Paul Millsap or Charles Bassey, and it still wouldn't have worked much. But I wonder how much of, like, I'm not going to sign this player because my coach is going to play him. And if if Daryl didn't think about that or if Daryl thought it and thought it would be okay, like, he was wrong. He was wrong, and you can't trust Doc's instincts to play a veteran simply because, like, you know, they both saw friggin. Uh, 2005 movie at the same time.
0: (laughs) There's just a a push and a pull there that, and I I go back to Doc being hired before Maury. There's just a push and a pull there that I think is probably pretty, pretty interesting. I actually have a Maury question for you after we, we finish up with Doc, right after I talk about mortgage CS, mortgage CS, CS stands for concierge service, mortgage CS is where you need to go if you need a mortgage. If you're buying a home, you need a mortgage. If it's your first time buying a home, you don't know what you're doing. I certainly didn't know what I was doing. So Mortgage CS is a, um, a mortgage broker, not a mortgage lender. They're not the ones giving you the money. What they want to do is go and find the best rate for you. But also along that journey, they want you to understand why everything is working the way that they do. So not only are they going to get you the mortgage, but they're going to help you understand better for next time and you know when i when i talk to them about what they do and why they do it that was more important that uh alex from mortgage cs actually said to me he was like even if they don't get the mortgage through us if they walk away from this knowing more about the entire process and how it works that is more important to us and they'll remember us for it and i believe them um they are also not tied to any of these mortgage lenders. They don't have any side deals with them. So the only person they're beholden to is you. Mortgage CS. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. That is mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. There you'll see all the, the amazing Ricky page they've put together for us. But you'll learn about Mortgage CS and how they they make sure that they're like lean and mean so they're able to pass that sort of saving part on to you. It's not a huge company, right? It's like eight or nine people. Also, they're not spending a bunch of money on advertising, except for this. So, so all also that like their entire thing is getting you the best rate and helping you learn. Call or text their CEO Ben at anytime, even right now, 267-391-7425. Ask him what he thinks about Doc. 267-391-7425 or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. They're here for buying a new home, refinancing, debt consolidation, and and being your partner through the process of getting a mortgage again mortgagecs.com slash ricky call or text their ceo ben 267-391-7425 at any time they're available night day weekends whenever you want them because when you're going to buy a home you might need one of those pre-qualification letters at nine o'clock at night on a tuesday read the reviews on google they're all great again mortgagecs.com ricky or call or text their ceo ben at 267-391-7425 what is your, before we get to Daryl, what is your, with 10 being it's an emergency and one being I don't really care at all, what is your your level of need to replace Doc before next season?
1: I mean, mostly out of just spite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like tired of his shit, I think. He's annoying. That's it. what I said. He's fucking annoying. He's a, he's a total dickhead. He's an absolute dickhead. He's proud of it. Um, There was a report of, it was Jake Fisher, our friend Jake Fisher, um, talking about why Doc might want to come back to LA and it's because like of reporting that like there's golfing here and he loves the (laughs) restaurants and he knows some of the people that own the restaurant, those kinds of things. It's like, all right, Man, like look, good for you. Like seriously good for you that that's what it is. But like, I would love to get to the conference finals, uh, at, for the first time since I was 11. So that would make me feel good. <laughs> you could probably golf whenever. Um, in other well, places, there's a long it? off season
0: for long you, Doc. off season many times,
1: mm-hmm. and also like, is golf that fun? Like, do you really like golf that much? I would love to see what Doc's like on their golf course. Probably like cursing other people out and blaming the wind or whatever. <laughs> um, he's taking accountability for his for his short game. I'm taking accountability, and that's why it's everyone else's fault. Um
0: Every I would time like him I to saw Monty Williams, by the way, say, That's on me. That's my fault. I have to fix it. I just like it made me sick yeah. to my stomach. No,
1: he'll <laughs> never do that. Yeah. Um he thinks he does a great job. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I would like him to be gone. I don't think it's like wildly necessary for him to be gone. It's not like you know, agenda item number one on the offseason thing, but uh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to get some red meat. I would take some red meat to fucking chow down on that and let him go somewhere else and pass him to another member of my household.
0: The Maury thing. So thinking back, <laughs> I was
1: actually... Oh, we just got a chat from CJ. MB just got named to uh, All-NBA second team, not first Oh, team. that's good.
0: Congrats. Joel. Bullshit. Wait, who was first team? Oh, Jokic. Jokic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow, we had to see second that coming, Embiid right? And they're and now the first team and the second team then play each other in a big game, and whoever wins gets a billion dollars. It's bullshit. He's oh. one of the five best players in the league. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna do team, if we're gonna do all NBA, if we need to do this, which we don't need to do it, then like Embiid was the second best player in the NBA. He should be
0: on the list. Mm. Two centers sometimes you come in second. It doesn't
1: matter. They're not playing. It-
0: but it's a team it's fantasy
1: it, it's not a team a team but has it to is play a together. team it is no, a team not. it is it constru-
0: all-star teams are constructed this isn't an all-star team though it but even end of the year pro bowl teams are are constructed as teams are pro bowl teams else. play if this is even a team if that they played, didn't all pro nfl all pro is the same thing there's but not in, you six can't quarterbacks. Have two
1: quarterbacks on the field at the same time you can have two like guys who play ostensibly different positions. If Embiid and Jokic were, were on the same team in the world, in, in a team, if they got drafted by they team, they would play together. They the same position, They would play together. They would absolutely play together. You wouldn't be like, I got to bench <laughs> I don't him. I got to play him 20 way. minutes a night because we have this other guy. It's not a <laughs> team. They're not playing. It's not either. a team. Embiid being in second team is a joke. A, I just think he
0: should have been first team over Jokic is what, I, is what I believe. In any case, is it possible? So my... I, I spent... Uh, a day and a half in a Philadelphia emergency room, thank you to everybody at Jefferson, this past weekend, as my dad, raising money in the Eagles Autism Challenge, fell off a bike, hurt his hip, hit his hit hip, hit his head, ended up in the ER. Now, of course, everyone who comes in, not everyone, a lot of people who come in, doctors and nurses, ask him about sports, which is honestly my nightmare. Um, But somebody asked him about the Sixers. And he said, Daryl Morey's only made two big trades and they're both James Harden. And I like chuckled to myself. But then I was thinking about it over time. Is it possible, like I was thinking about the way we see Harden right now and the way that he saw the backup center position and the way he mentioned it to us. Is it possible that like he has a blind spot For like just basketball, like for, for a human element, for like, is it possible he just looks at numbers and goes, I I know I sound like, like our enemies, but is it possible He looks at numbers and goes, ah, no backup centers are good. This isn't going to matter. Like, is it possible that he's got, is it possible he looks at James Harden and looks at the numbers and says like, well, you know what? The numbers say he's effective and, you know, I'm just going to keep betting on that, betting on that, betting on that. Is it possible that he doesn't, I know he watches a ton of basketball and loves basketball, but is it possible he puts too much faith in the data he looks at and not enough at what he sees and feels?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's a reasonable question to ask, but we don't have access to the kind of data he's actually looking at. It's not generally public information. Um, the like basketball reference stuff is, is what it is and it's helpful to some extent. And then it's unhelpful when you try to make it a big blanket statement. Um, I mean, we talked about it when we acquired him, like it is, you know, as much as James Harden was probably the biggest star potentially available this season to acquire for Ben. It's still like a a level of getting the gang back together, human emotion type thing from the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, you saw the hug off the airplane. It was way Um,
0: too emotional a hug. I mean, I'm not judging. So
1: I think like, I I honestly think like, yes, there's a, there's a chance that, you know, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, watch the games guy. I mean, I watch the games. I'm not the guy who says watch the games because everybody watches the games. There's nobody that works in the NBA that's not watching the games. For sure. Um, the people that aren't watching the games are like the people like <laughs> covering the NBA on halftime shows. They're not watching the games. Um, but it's an interesting question because I think Daryl probably initially at some point in various decisions he's made has maybe trusted the numbers too much and, and, and thought it would work out. But this is a non- Part of this is a non numbers situation that he went and got his he got his boy. Like he got his friend. Yeah,
0: yeah right, 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 right. And like an emotional that
1: attachment to this player, um who's like close with his family and stuff. Um So the yeah, idea that like it could work. It didn't it's not working in Brooklyn. He doesn't look right in Brooklyn. He's probably seen Harden dog it before and goes like, well if he's dogging it, he's still pretty good for dogging it. Like maybe he could amp it up for the Sixers and be better. And he just like, wasn't. Um, so maybe it was the idea of like faith in there being that other gear to harden that he just didn't, he didn't have this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's hoping that it's, if, if he comes back to the Sixers, which it, I'm, I'm assuming he does, um, that he would have a nice, healthy off of adding a little bit more burst back to that hamstring for the next couple of years. But I don't know. That's an, another, that's that's like, what are the odds of that? Is it 30-70 or something like that? And what what decision does Daryl make based on that? Or mm-hmm. is it like, I'm going to look him in the eye and I'm going to trust him? Like there's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. You you talk, we talk a lot about um, uncertainty with prospects, right? Yeah. And I really like, I really, really like prospects that,
0: exist are
1: role players that will work hard that will play their ass off and defend yep those are my those are my kinds of players i tend to shy away from or get a little more nervous about star level talent in the draft that is more raw or won't defend right um of like your michael porter gunner types what'd you say
0: your michael porter juniors
1: Well, he blows, but, the (laughs) but like guys that just are can hit from wherever, but like, don't really defend. And it's like, well, how's that going to play from, you know, a freshman year where he was like, okay. And the percentages weren't great, whatever we talk about that being an uncertainty, I, I tend to go with the more certain role player outside of like the top one or two type things. Um, but as far as the rest of a guy's career goes when they're this late in their career. And they've got a lot of mileage on them. It is uncertain to know, like, is he going to take his diet and sleep schedule and all the whatever bullshit nutrition health seriously so that he can extend his prime and not knowing that it's like, it's, it's those kinds of in between gray area conversation types where the fact that Daryl just probably like likes James Harden as a guy is going to inform that decision it's just it's a it's an odd thing and i i know you asked the question of like is he too one way and i kind of answered it well did he maybe in this situation go to the other way right right, um, right of like the you know a's scouts and moneyball saying like he's got a hot girlfriend or whatever the fuck <sighs> um it's just an interesting question it's just like we we don't know
0: yeah so team building moving forward actually before team building uh you know i mentioned should I talk about Kasebe here? Yeah. I mentioned Mortgage CS earlier. They'll help you get a mortgage. Adam Kasebe will help you get him a, a house, help you get a house. How do you spell his name? That's what everybody asked me. How do you spell Adam Kasebe's name? Repeat after me K S E B E. K S E B E. Adam Kasebe will help you get a house. He specializes in the Delaware beaches, which are superior if you've ever seen to the New Jersey beaches, especially if you're buying because the taxes are much lower and all these now at the time where people can work from home half the time, wouldn't you rather be doing that at Delaware beach house? He and his team at long and foster in Bethany beach cover every square inch of Delaware from, you know, Wilmington all the way down to Rehoboth and Dewey beach and Bethany and Lewis and all those places. They also cover Maryland, but also Adam can help you sell your house. Also, even if you're not looking in Delaware or Maryland, he will find you the right realtor. So you go right to Adam, and he will ask you what you're looking for, and he will interview realtors until he finds you the right one. Buying a house is hard. It is stressful, now more than ever. There's not a lot of houses out there if you want to get one, so you need someone you can trust. Adam is the guy. 302-864-8643, 302-864-8643. That is his cell. You can call him or text him. I love telling you to text our sponsors while we're doing the pod. 302-864-8643 302-864-8643 or email him, adam at processrealtor.com. A lot of our listeners have gone to Adam, every one of them happy. In your corner, he's the guy. Adam Kasebi, the official realtor of The Process. All right, team building for next year. Um, so here's who's under contract. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Furkan Korkmaz, George Nyang, Matisse Theibel. They have an... An option on right, I think Thibel, Um, which I'm sure they'll pick up. Uh, Danny Green's salary is not guaranteed uh, of ten million dollars. Tyrese Maxey, Jaden Springer, Shake Milton, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, Charles Bassey. As I mentioned, they cannot trade a first round pick. If they do have their pick this year, they could draft that player and uh, trade that player. Yeah. Let's say. And you and I are not cap guys. We're, we're watch the game guys, not cap guys. But let's say, I think I understand this. Let's say Harden signs for less than the max. He signs for 30 million. They'd still be over the cap, but they, they're not a, you know, a tax team or an apron team or whatever the fuck that means. And they have the mid-level exception and they can spend $7 million on a player. Do the players that they have on the roster now, plus that, put you in position enough... Like, I guess without trading Maxi, how do you get the players that you need, given the very little wiggle room that you have? I mean,
1: you can't trade Maxi. Maxi is just way too relevant to the team. to To take the slowest team in the NBA and make them even slower, it would just drive it would drive me fully insane if that if that happened. Uh, he's the only only guy on the team that has burst that would just be unconscious and he's young and he's a delight and it just can't it can't happen
0: can't so do could I, it just before before we continue i just want to ask you this question based on that then we would agree that all this this talk about brad beal like things like that do not happen without trading maxi we can a- agree right you don't have anything to trade for brad beal if it's not maxi and there will certainly I mean, be a, it's a better offer somewhere else trade. Type What's thing.
1: that? If it's like a Harden sign and <laughs> trade type thing, or if they, I mean like, adding love Matisse, like I, I don't, I don't think that they have enough to trade for to Brad Beal with Harden here, unless you do Maxi, and I just don't, I just don't. Right, that's just the all next I was three asking. years of Brad Beal. I don't believe will be better than the next three years of Maxi, really. And I think, and I think that Maxi is obviously way cheaper and way more certain to like play his ass off than Brad Beal, who's like you know been dinged up and. Seems to really like DC, even though they're constantly losing. Um, and he's just going to be like a lot of times in here. Beal would be like a off-ball movement guy, mm-hmm. and so if he's off-ball movement guy, like how much? Like how much? I mean, he's better than a lot of other guys that you would get to fill that role. But you're paying him a lot of money to fill that to fill that role for the most part when Harden has the ball or Embiid has the ball, which will be a lot of
0: I'm not saying I disagree because I I do worry about the, I've mentioned the loser energy quotient of the Harden-Beal backcourt. I think there is a very, very high likelihood there's too much loser energy in that backcourt. But then you think back, and this is long ago, but Beal's only 29. Like four or five years ago, when they were in the playoffs, Beal was a motherfucker in the playoffs. Like he was a real playoff player player and he has been just just throwing it out there playing devil's advocate john wall gets hurt they make a lot of bad decisions they get fucking russell westbrook like it it couldn't the situation couldn't be worse for beal and i would ask you this if you were getting that beal from like four or five years ago would you trade maxi if it was that guy
1: um in a in a vacuum I think absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The, I I really liked Brad Beal for a long time. I think he's just kind of old. He doesn't really defend he, he never defended a ton, but now he really doesn't defend that much who you know. Uh I think he's improved as a distributor. He's obviously a great shooter even though he didn't shoot well this year. The hope is that the wrist was bothering him and he'll come back and shoot well next year. Mm-hmm. Um but he's like at the towards the end of his prime for a pretty much one-way player um who's not one of the best 15 20 players in the league and maxi is going to be underpaid f- until his second max contract and i just don't that's like that's really good that's just really really good value um and but i don't think it you can enough? say enough about how how like important maxi is to the spirit of this team and to the speed of this team and the his improvement as i've said from year one to year two is just like so much that like you just don't know how much better he's going to keep getting and you'll feel really fucking stupid if you were like yeah he got a lot better year one to year two and became like basically 18 points per game guy on good percentages with an improving three-point shot um and an incredible attitude but like we didn't see him get continuing to get better like you should have like I just think he's good right now. I would trade Jaden Springer for whatever you got to trade, even though I think Jaden Springer is <laughs> going to be a very nice NBA player. Yes, but, of course. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, uh, you know, still raw offensively. Um, but like Maxie's already good. He's already really good. And to trade him for a guy that's going to get worse quicker um, and leave yourself empty of like guys who play fast and are dynamic with the ball. I just wouldn't, I don't think it's a good idea for a guy that had his worst year of his career last year in Brad Beal.
0: You're just, you're just, every time you describe Brad Beal, you're describing James Harden, but four years younger. A little bit, a little worried about it. I mean, Harden, obviously
1: a better distributor, uh, Beal a better uh, off-ball shooter. Um, But, but yeah, you don't, you don't know. I, I guess you don't know here's when my... the cliff happens and this and the, the sure. cliff might have happened last year I don't think that's likely but it might have and and I know that Maxi's going to keep being good so
0: I the 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 problem I find myself in I, and I'm trying to I'm trying to bring this up because if I I feel like if I don't we won't talk about it that I am really skeptical that they can build themselves. And I'm not saying Brad Beal is the the guy. I want to be clear. And obviously you lose something when you lose Maxi. obviously future and current. But I look at this just fucking, it just seems impossible to get there without doing it. I just don't know how they're going to do it. I but just, I think about like
1: he's already it, really good. Like they lose, but him. He, if they lose him, then they're, that's a step back in a bunch of different ways that they will then have to be like, well, how do we get better? Replacing that stuff. It's just, it's just trading one problem for
0: another. But Well, it depends on who you get. But also, like, people are talking about trading Tobias. Like, it cost a first-round pick to get off of Horford. It cost a first-round pick to get off of Josh Richardson. Like, Tobias Harris played fine this year. No one is letting you off the hook by giving you. Everybody's like, well, it, if we just get... Two it good players it, for Tobias it Harris. First
1: round pick to get off of Josh Richardson. It was Josh Richardson for Seth Curry, straight up, and and Horford and two picks. You're right. You're right.
0: I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, but I would I would say that that said, I would say Tobias Harris is is a lot closer to Horford in this case than Josh Richardson. Thirty million dollars. You know, I I just don't think anyone's going to let you off the hook with Tobias Harris and say yes here's two players that are both as helpful as Tobias Harris making half of what Tobias Harris is making in exchange for Tobias Harris. It just doesn't make sense. I think it would
1: be, it would be, I think you're going to have the Sixers probably can't afford to attach what they need to attach to Tobias unless it's to a team that loves Matisse. um, That makes it worthwhile. I think next year when he's an expiring contract, that's a different story. Um, But this year, while there's still two years left and Tobias is playing at a, relatively high level at least coming off this playoffs like they're if they trade Tobias for nothing just empty salary like freaking you know Chris Kamen's corpse or something then Chris Kamen oh my like, god he's not he, Then he's not you're you're gonna be a worse team like they need they, Tobias is helpful he wasn't for a lot of the time this year but the last two months of the season into the playoffs what he was um so they can't just give him away for nothing either um I think that the way to improve this team is to make like targeted helpful like bargain bin signings that work out to trade Matisse and maybe Corkmaz for salary wise for someone that could be like a carry the bench guy with a little bit of burst and a little bit of shooting and a little bit of defense like a solid two-way player which I, I mean, there's not a ton of those guys will Barton would comes to mind but I don't know how how much that would help I, and then would you, you trade upgrade Sorry, okay. let me just finish that. So you upgrade yeah, sure. Charlie Brown Jr. to like try to be the see if he's the Matisse guy this year, plays like hard defense and and is burst, and Jaden Springer becomes helpful, Charles Bassey becomes helpful, Isaiah Joe becomes a better shooter, or you trade him for somebody else who doesn't. Like those kinds of like fringe moves that become like, hey, this guy all of a sudden became your eighth guy, and you didn't expect it out of him. And they just have to get a couple of those to work out. Um and then ho- the, the bigger thing is hoping that. A year of a healthy offseason for Harden and this team together um, gives them some level of um, continuity, but you also have to replace Danny Green, uh, which is a really tough, a tough sell, especially if you're moving Matisse. Obviously, he wasn't, you know, he's got a ton of problems offensively, but uh, defensively, they're going to need some some wing defense
0: so so the plan is Jaden springer and charlie brown get good enough to be rotation players. i mean i liked what i saw out of charlie say, brown for Jayden. a lot of the year it, yeah. you're
1: just you just need guys to like play hard and hit enough threes like it's you're not asking them to like run the offense like they're james Harden. you're just asking them to be like be a, be like a ninth man and, and it would happen for miami it would happen for san antonio it would happen for a lot of those teams and the sixers just need that to happen for them they need to identify like undervalued talent whether that's like going to fucking Europe and getting some guy off a team, you know, whoever Vasily Mitic's teammate is or whatever the fuck, because uh, they traded him to Oklahoma City. And those kinds of guys are just being like, hey, this guy's all of a sudden a helpful player. They don't need 15, like, starters. They have four starters right now. They just need, like, give me six playable bench players and a little depth after that that you're churning through to see, like, who, who pops.
0: Would you trade... You were talking about Will Barton. I don't think they're getting Will Barton. But would you trade, like, let's say you trade Thybul and Corkmas, and let's say uh, Danny Green, you know, for salary or whatever, and a second mm-hmm. for Eric Gordon?
1: Um, I think they can do better than that. Okay. Um, because I think Eric Gordon is a guy that they've been trying to get off for a long time in Houston. I think he was, he was pretty like good last much.
0: year. I don't remember. I didn't watch them very often. But I don't I think, think any
1: of those games mattered. I, I, he's one of those times. I mean, he like theoretically plays hard, and he's he's tough to move, and he can shoot from a little bit like very far away. But is he actually a good shooter? Or is he just willing? Um, no,
0: he's a good shooter. Come on.
1: I don't. What do you think he shoots for his career? He shoots a lot.
0: Thirty-five percent.
1: But that's not a good shooter.
0: Well, if you if you're shooting twelve a game, it is. And you, and you can shoot from far away at right, He shot like,
1: 41% from three last year. That's good. But okay. the previous years were 33 and 32 and then 36 and 36. Yeah. Um, so
0: I was, but he's it, fine. If he, if I like Eric f- Gordon,
1: I've, I've liked Eric are going for a while, but he's also 33 and he's making a bunch of money. And if you're like, assuming that he's going to be yeah. like a big role, that's like, that's your big move. Maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm not writing it off. I think they can yeah. do a little bit better than that. If they're, if they're putting the Danny contract and Matisse and cork mines, I know we're just, we're just hypothetical. We're just trade machine, uh, trade machining blind here, but, uh, and a pick or whatever, but those kinds of things, that's, that is a type of move that I'd be, I would definitely entertain for sure.
0: Um, all right. The, uh, where is it? It just where got to, it? it's just,
1: something's got to work out. Like I know that you've been, you've defended Daryl a lot and like he was in a tough spot, which absolutely he was. But mm-hmm. like the reputation Daryl has is one of the f- five best executives in in the league, if not of all time, and that's a reputation, and you got to pull some shit out of your ass sometimes. And he and he didn't do it this year, and he has to do it next year.
0: So Brian asks, and this I, I think your answer is yes. And this came from a, a question that Brian emailed in. He said, "Do you think that Maxi can get to a level where he can be the th- second or third best player on a legitimate title team during Embiid's window? If yeah. we're assuming that that Embiid's window is the next two to three years, yes." Wow. Okay. Uh, the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from action.
1: I mean, look at, look who's in the look at where we're at right now. I mean, like Luca Spencer Dinwiddie is the third best player on a conference finals team and that's fair and go to Miami and it's like,
0: but they're not, yeah, but they're not a contender. Tyler
1: hero is the best third best player. I mean, Lowry's been bad. So like maybe, or PJ Tucker, if you if you if you want to talk talk about that, like you need like the best guy to be the best guy, which Luca was for a lot of the playoffs, and Jimmy has been for a lot of the playoffs. Um, so, and third then you best. need a bunch of second guys that can like.
0: What'd you say? It's the Third best, he could be. Second best is a sure. Tough yeah, guy. you said second okay. or third. I, I yeah. think second yep.
1: would be would be more of a stretch, but um, I think third is possible. Also, it's like. Damian Lillard was drafted sixth overall. Maxie could have been drafted, I think, sixth overall. I might be wrong. It might have been fifth. I said it more confidently than I was. But Maxi could have easily been drafted that high. He shouldn't have fallen that far. He was up that high going into the, his freshman year. Um, and then he get, went to 21, and we didn't expect as much out of him. But like, he has that level of pedigree. And so if you think Damian Lillard could be the second or third best player on a championship team, that's the path that Maxi's on. Uh, I don't think it's certain that he's going to get there. Um, He might plateau out, but I don't think it's crazy to think, especially look around third best players. Not it's not that far, but you need the best player to be the best player at uh, which Embiid is capable of doing and has to, has to continue. And you just need like a bunch of depth and an identity and like guys who fucking play hard on defense, which the Sixers just didn't have this year.
0: The hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Action. Wells Fargo is jinxed. The Soul have been the only team ever to win a championship in there and they had their entire league fold 2 years later. Possible. I, I don't think we can I mean I don't I don't
1: now. see how an arena named after a predatory bank
0: <laughs> oh, no. has any bad vibes. Well, I, I don't think they named it at, I mean it's most the the Phillies won a championship in Citizens Bank Park. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Are they as predatory? I don't know. Not as financial. All right.
0: Yeah. I'm not accusing any banks of being predatory. I want to stay clean <laughs> on that one. Not, that's that's you. Lucas that's Oil your- Arena. I think the, the <laughs> Colts have it. I think they got it locked in. LL Pavorsky Jewelers was the first sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. We want to congratulate Joe and Lindsay. They are Rights to Ricky Sanchez LL engagement ring buyer number 256 and they got engaged, LL posted the pictures on Twitter with or without their permission with the hashtag, look at that ring. (laughs) Just LL really, uh, really, you know, pushing the most important thing there. LL, as I said, the first sponsor of the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. If you gotta buy an engagement ring, you wanna stay in the Ricky community. You don't wanna go in a jewelry store you don't know anything about. They jump on you, salespeople. You don't know what they're selling you. You want somebody like LL. It's got a chill environment, free chocolate, free water. He's in a good suit. He's lost a bunch of weight. He smells good. He's a good person. That's who you want to buy an engagement ring from. LL has been sponsoring the pod for, I don't know, six or seven of our nine years. And over 260, right? Streaky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL. Springtime's a great time to get engaged. Summertime's a great time to get engaged. Do it down the shore, Whatever. Um, and LL is the person that you want to buy the engagement ring from, or need an anniversary gift, need a birthday present, or a just because I love you present, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. What is with the fucking horn out there? Jesus. I live on a quiet residential street. You don't need to honk like that. If you wanna buy an engagement ring from LL Pavorsky, call them 215-627-225 to set up an appointment. Email him Lee at llpavorsky Tweeted him at llpavorsky seven zero seven Walnut. Been there for over thirty years. Always a sponsor of our charities. Providence Animal Center. Encoded by Kids. Ll Pavorsky Jewelers.
1: Only a predator for fair prices
0: and great customer service. So, Steph Curry has won four championships, right? Four. Three. Three. They won 2 with Curry or 2 with Durant and 1 before Durant. Yeah? Is that it? Okay. If if he were to win, I know you're going to say no. If he wins one more, he's tied with LeBron. If he wins two more, do you think in like an all-time argument you could make an argument that Curry is better than LeBron?
1: Um I don't think so because of defense, I mean, Steph is a great, is a good defender, especially for his size, but he's, he's over the course of his career has gotten exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because LeBron has done it with like so many different teams, Steph has done it like in this system, which has been built around him for sure. But like, I would be interested if Steph, if you replaced if you took Brad Beal off Washington, if you traded them right now, I'd be interested to see like how he would do. I, I'm not. I don't want it, but like for a thought experiment, it'd be interesting to see like how good is he, how elite is he? Because he is obviously one of the one of the best players of all time, and it certainly changed the game. Maybe more than LeBron has. Maybe the most most anyone's changed the game and like the culture since like Iverson. Yeah, um, but I think LeBron's. It's just still the better player because of how many more things he does
0: but i i i do think curry staying in one place sort of like being a player that everybody wants to that it seems like people want to play with for and the as great as lebron is there is a thing with curry where you are terrified in a way that i i just I just can't think of another player, actually, like only Jordan, really, that that when you're cheering for the other team, like you just even if you're watching the team try to defend him, they're terrified of him, you know, and uh, if he were to win five in this run, even this fourth would be a really incredible feat, given everything that's happened. I don't know. I think people are talking about like maybe he's top 10. I think he's actually like underrated. Curry historically at this point. You yeah, know? that might be true. Yeah. That might be true. Uh the mailbag. Um oh and I assume you think Boston's gonna win the series now.
1: Um I didn't w I, I was out of town this weekend, so I didn't really watch that much. Mm. I'm hoping for not Boston. I wouldn't like that. It'd be tough. That toss. would be Insult to injury. The Jimmy thing, like, Jimmy didn't really do anything to the Sixers aside from they decided they picked the wrong guy over him. Um, and so I feel only animosity towards ourselves and various regimes that were here making those decisions. But I don't feel much animosity towards jimmy i want to beat him like obviously i wanted them to beat him but um
0: celtics would be tough
1: celtics would be tough but they're a really good team they are they got a lot of guys guys who defend their ass off and play make quick decisions and like they and jalen brown and jason Tatum both didn't do that for a lot of time so a lot of credit has to go to ime udoka and i guess brad stevens to like get them into like changing their the way that they're natural state is which is like a little bit slower and methodical and now they're if only they play fast was... they they move the ball they make quick decisions they pass it they and they defend their ass off all of them and the sixers that's the slowest least dog mentality guys maybe in the league
0: i would just whole. kill kill for marcus smart man just fucking love that Yeah, it's that crazy guy. that he's
1: been on that team for so long. And it seems yep. like always constantly his contract is expiring and they might trade, trade him and people are getting tired of him. And it's just like, he's just been there. He's just yep. fucking been there. And he kicks
0: ass. Mailbag. This comes from Ari. Uh, right? Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Of course, it's the offseason where we thrive and we also need your help remember to send in one basketball one non-basketball question of course bas- uh, bathroom questions welcome in the off season this comes from ari hi spike mike and cj not sure if you guys have watched severance but essentially it's a show that splits your work and social life into two completely different worlds what if this yeah. existed for the sixers how so great I'm, ha- would it- I'm
1: halfway through severance i think i watched four episodes
0: oh. um you quite good it? i think
1: you would like yeah. it it's it's intense it's stylized it. it's pretty cool yeah
0: yeah it's right up my alley Right at my it's um it's one of the darkest shows visually, I think I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Like the non work scenes are so dark.
1: Yeah, a little bit too much sometimes. A little bit too much. But I think it's I think it's I think it's a good show so far. Um and I've heard people love the finale. Um would I do that for the Sixers? Mm-hmm. I honestly think I do. I oh, think it really? took me many years of doing this podcast. Yep. But I think that I I think that I'm pretty close to there. There used to be I I mean, like in high school and whatever, when the Eagles would lose on a Sunday, like I was, I would dread Monday, like dread it and have to like talk about it and be like so upset and like go over the game and with everybody and just like, oh, this is miserable talking to people that I don't respect a lot of the times of like what their opinions are, all that (laughs) shit. Um, And with the Sixers, it, it was the same way for a while. And, you know, if you're in a writer's room with people that are. Sports fans or whatever weighing in and stuff, but i I think that i've we've suffered so much with this team that, maybe to your point earlier of like how we kind of agree with some of the criticisms, like I just like I'm a little bit immune to it at this point. yeah, it doesn't i I get I bear my soul on this podcast sometimes in an embarrassing way, in a way that I look back on and regret, but it doesn't stick with me quite as much as it used to and so i feel proud of myself for that and being able to get past it quicker
0: i would i would say my request to the people listening to this pod who i love and i've expressed my love for a million times is the way to keep up this separation is if you see me or one of us in real life i want to talk to you i want to say hi I want to talk about anything but the Sixers. You know what my takes are. <laughs> like I, I give them three hours a week. Just anything well, they want but you to the hear Sixers. Theirs. Yeah, I'm fine hearing theirs. I'm fine hearing theirs. That's fine. That's fine. I just don't want to argue about them. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the yeah, boy, that sucked. Whew, can't believe it. But let's leave it at that and talk about the weather. It's anything. Yeah, something something interesting like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, this comes from Jake. Hey, Team Ricky, a.k.a. CJ and those other guys. That's right. Ugh. Happy offseason. This question got passed around while hanging with some friends over the weekend. And I thought it would make a good jigsaw for the pod during the offseason. Here we go. Option number one. You were told the exact date and time and manner of your death. The death will not be quick or painless and is not the kind of thing that you can plan to avoid beforehand. No actions or decisions you make can change how this happens, and you must live the rest of your life with the knowledge of when and how you die, always in the back of your mind. You're always allowed to tell others, but the only proof you have is your own word. Number two. For the rest of your life, the battery capacity on all of your charged devices, phone, tablet, laptop, Bluetooth, headphones, smartwatches, electric car, never reaches above 45%. It still drains and charges at the normal rate, but only up to 45% capacity every time. Using your devices while plugged in will not drain the battery until they're unplugged. Thanks for another great season of podcasting, and also fuck you for keeping me invested in this goddamn team. Boy, is it a fucking sad state of humanity that that we're comparing these two things. <laughs> well, phone. I don't
1: think it's necessary. Some people might find peace in the idea that they know they're not gonna die until they're whatever, 78. Sure, or
0: sure. What do you think?
1: Um, I do think there's value in being like, okay, I only have 45% forever yeah. and I have to be more judicious of when I use my phone or whatever.
0: Maybe you'd use your phone less. I think It'd that it
1: would absolutely make that happen. Yeah. Um, I know Sixers Adam is a big, uh, uh, low battery mode always guy. Yeah. Um,
0: you know what I hate when Apple turns off low battery mode for me, they're like, Hey, your battery life is such that you don't need this anymore. Right? Come on. There's
1: gotta be an option to change that. Um, I don't think either of these options are bad. I think it could be helpful. It'd be nice to have electric car charged hundred percent, but I think it's, I think it could be mostly helpful. Um, I could also see myself really freaking out at the, at the death thing, but in the same way, like the thing about these kinds of, you know, black mirror or whatever type hypotheticals of knowing is like, okay, if I know I'm going to die in 2060, then like, if I jump, run into traffic in like a week, that means I'm, I'm not going to die of that or whatever. It's like those kinds of weird things. Would I test it? Like those kinds of things. Yeah. i be a daredevil for a while. That'd be fun yeah um so i don't know but there's <laughs> also not, not not quite a uh the difference between dying and like being se- severely maimed and injured isn't it's not it's not nothing i wouldn't like to live like that um yeah i'll probably pick the battery life and and hope it allows me to uh
0: cut down on screen prioritize now. yeah i <laughs> <laughs> I want the pod for Daredevil Mike. Hey Mike, what'd you do this morning? Oh, I, I jumped off the uh the 47th f- uh f- floor of uh the apartment to building next Yeah, just, just to see what would happen.
1: I've jumped out of an airplane twice. That was cool. I've done oh, some
0: skydiving. Dude, I've always wanted to and with my back what what the uh the the um the jump out of a plane guy told me about landing. He said, "Best case scenario, it's like stepping off of a step." He said, "Worst case scenario, it's like running at full speed and falling. Running at full yeah. speed and falling would be bad news for my back." And I, but yeah, I want to do it so badly.
1: I hurt my knees on the second fall. Didn't? Oh really? Not quite good. I was just like kept him up the whole time, and then the guy behind me like fell over, and it was the whole thing. I was like, I was. Just, I thought you were doing the legs. I thought I was just <laughs> hanging on and just waiting. Um, I don't know if I fucked it up, but I got hurt a little bit, but. Uh, it was very fun. Really tight on the crotch. It's a long time to be like yanked at from the crotch with the uh with like the, the hooks and stuff. It's really in there, <laughs> they're digging in. So that, that's that was tough. But it was very fun. It was very fun.
0: Yeah. Twice you did it, huh? Mm-hmm. Man. I wanna do it. See that's the sort of thing if I knew I was gonna die soon, I would just go jump out of the plane there you just go. so I could yeah yeah is this option i wonder if it's a real thing if i could just find out when i'm gonna die hmm. um the phone thing yeah i would pick the phone thing as well i think i would pick the phone thing anything to spend less time on the phone i think would be a win yeah all right well the off season's here i think june 1st is when the nets have to decide if they're taking the sixers pick or not um so we have that oh, coming is up i
1: didn't know that i was i've been wondering that Okay, June first. That's good. That'll be good to know. That'll give us some yeah. excitement level, whether it's well, for now or in the future. Theoretically, next year's draft class is better. So, oh. um, if things do go horribly wrong next year, you can we can get back into tanking and lottery parties and stuff mm. um, if we would have the pick. But also, if they decide to defer, then we get the pick this year and can I can start to uh, speculate about uh, drafting a player that would be immediately helpful because i believe in that possibility even though doc does not
0: if they if they don't have a first round pick do we still do big boards
1: uh what i mean what else are we going to do but it right. might be a little pointless
0: well it's always kind of pointless that's right Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do big boards, do big boards either way. And then we'll figure out what happens with Doc Rivers. I am still keeping to my word that I do not believe he will coach the Sixers in 2022, 23, but, uh, it might be a little while before it'll be a crushing moment to wake up and see the Shams tweet that says the Lakers have agreed to terms with Darvin Ham or something like that'll be, it
1: is interesting to that, to that end, most teams, it's just them and Charlotte left, right? Yep. That don't mm-hmm. have a coach so something's got to get this i mean maybe they're just taking their time but for the most part teams like to get get their guy quick
0: well the um, sixers waited till what, what in some... august when unless they want one perfect? of the
1: guys from one of these four teams still available mm-hmm. but none of those guys are on that
0: list right where's kenny atkinson um he's is he anywhere so darvin ham is milwaukee see. Um, Terry Stotts is nowhere, right? Yeah. Terry Stotts is good Ken- coach. Kenny Atkinson is, right. Golden State, this is Golden State. State. Is Golden State. There you go. There it is. Yeah. That's
1: what I thought. That's why. All right. So maybe maybe someone's holding off on that until they until they get out of there. But they signed friggin' Mike Brown. With me, so I don't know.
0: Then I won't fuck with you. We'll talk, we'll talk to you, if you don't this week. Are you down with you. Yeah, you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me. Before we go, I should let you know the advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. That is for Mortgage CS, who is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker and arranges loans with third party providers, does not make any mortgage loan commitments or fund any mortgage loans. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. The information is presented for informational purposes by Rates for Us, LLC, DBA, Mortgage CS Company, NMLS 146. 4766 licensed by the PA Department of Banking and the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance visit mortgagecs.com for more information Ben Stucker NMLS ID number 168345